Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by Julia Argy, author of the debut novel, The One. Salon.com wrote about the novel, a fast-paced and literary debut novel. The One manages to be entertaining in its examination of behind the scenes and searing and true in its send-up of love. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, The One, how would you describe the novel? So The One, it's set on a reality dating show called The One, and it follows the course of a contestant um, over the episodes of a season. Her name is Emily, and she is new to reality television. She is not a super fan, and she gets caught up in this whirlwind of production, dates, the lead, and what it's like to live and a house with 30 other contestants throughout the course of this season. <laughs> Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing The One? So I am a reality television fan, um, not just The Bachelor, which the show The One is mostly based off of, but also other shows like Love Island and Love is Blind. And so... I felt like when you're thinking as a debut novelist of the giant project of what a novel can be, like a multi-generational family saga versus 10 weeks, people stuck in a house (laughs) together, it was an easy way for me to have an entry point. It was something I was familiar with. It was a set time frame. It was a set amount of characters. And so starting as a project, it was something I enjoyed, was a really good entry point as it was the first time I was ever trying to write a full book-length project. And on that note, can you tell us about your writing journey that led you to uh, writing fiction and now getting your debut novel published? Sure. I was not one of those kids who always wanted to be a writer. I was always a big reader, but creative writing wasn't really on my radar, so much so that I went to college and I studied statistics. And my senior spring, when I had finished all my degree requirements, I took an elective, a creative writing workshop. It was my first time ever dipping my toes in. And my professor was really supportive of me and told me about MFA programs, which are funded, often funded multi-year programs where you might do a little bit of teaching, but for the most part, your professors really want you to work on your writing, whether that's short stories or novels. And so I had already had a job in STEM lined up after graduation, so I did that for about a year or so, applied to programs, and then made the transition once I realized that, oh, despite people not often saying writing could be a real career path, it seems like maybe I could have an in, an in to get into that world. Um, so I did a big shift from statistics to creative writing, and during that MFA program is when I started working on this book. And what was your MFA experience like? It was great. It My class was the most affected by the pandemic. And so sure. I had four some more I had four semesters of courses, three of which were virtual. And so I only had one in-person semester, which I think was a little bit unusual. So I can't say it was like the most camaraderie ever of all time. It was mostly over Zoom and I was mostly stuck in my apartment in in Ann Arbor. Um, but it afforded me so much time 
to work on my book. And I felt like as someone who had come from working like a 40 hour a week job, I was like, I'm never going to have this much time to write again unless I somehow become a full time novelist. Um, And so I really tried to take that opportunity to spend as much time working on a book as I could. And I'm happy that this was the product of that because I felt like if I couldn't do it then, I definitely wouldn't been able to do it okay. while trying to juggle all the responsibilities that come with, you know, trying to be an artist and also trying to make a living. That time was like a beautiful sacred space where I was really <laughs> able to just, you know, focus on trying to write books, which was wonderful. Sure. And you said this is your debut novel. I'm curious, what was your writing process when you were working on the one? Did you sit down and kind of dive into the narrative to kind of see where the idea took you? Um, were you someone who does a little bit more plotting um, beforehand? How did that work for you? Yeah, I'm a little ashamed to admit that my process is so chaotic, but I had this container of knowing it was going to be set over the course of a season. And so that was all planned out in my head, had a sense of where I wanted Emily's (laughs) arc as a character to go. Um, And then I worked non-chronologically throughout the book, (laughs) um, just Basically, I told myself, okay, you've never written a book before. The longest thing you've written is like a 20-page short story. So if you write 500 words a day, every day, as much as you as much as much you can, you know, get some days off. Obviously, life happens. But if I could write any part of the book, any scene, it could be really, really bad as long as I got to 500. If I did that for long enough, I knew I would get a full-length book out of this endeavor. And so that is how I did it. I gave myself total freedom to jump scenes, jump chapters, just whenever I had an idea for what could go into the book, I would write it down, basically trying to get my word count up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stitch it together later. Hopefully, when you read the finished (laughs) book, you won't be able to tell that was my chaotic process and it will read like a real novel. But it started out as kind of like puzzle pieces that ended up slowly coming together. But for the first few months, it was like a really choppy word document <laughs> all over the place. That's funny, given your background in statistics. Yeah. I, I, I tried to math my way there. I was like, okay, 500 <laughs> words a day eventually equals 80,000 words. That's great. Well, you mentioned uh, the, the topic of this novel, and you, you mentioned that you watch reality uh, dating shows. I'm curious, have you ever been tempted to apply as a contestant for one of the shows? Um, only as a joke, I have said that I would do it, but everyone tells me I would be really bad at it. I feel like <laughs> the personality of a novelist and the personality of someone who wants to go on a reality dating show, I don't think there's like a lot of overlap there. One yeah. is like an incredibly individual, isolated kind of work, and the other is like a very public, personal show. <laughs> and I feel like those are really opposite personalities. And so I'm definitely more in the novelist camp. Though I think part of what people are interested in when they watch these shows is, first of all, what are the kinds of people who go on these shows? I think that's a very interesting question. I've never met someone who in real life has done this. So it was a lot of speculation. <laughs> and then also, what would it like? What would it be like to be in this kind of contained, pressurized, sleepless, but also kind of glamorous environment? It felt like really rich material for working on a novel. So a lot of it was an act of imagination on my part 
I've never been on a show, have not applied to one, but I was interested in what that behind the scenes would look like and feel like as a contestant. And did you do any research or talk to any contestants <laughs> to to kind of get that behind the scenes? I um, listened to podcasts mm-hmm. about <laughs> people who had been on them before and read a few blogs. And it got to a certain point where I was like, this is just like a nonfiction <laughs> book about what it's like to be behind the scenes. And it's no longer interesting. It's just weird details that I heard. And I was like, okay, right. I need to shift my perspective into this being an actual novel that's based in research, but that I can take creative <laughs> liberties and really be able to engage with what I think good novels do, which is, you know, the arc of a character and, you know, that kind of thing, as opposed to it being like a very dry, like, I hear that they can't have name brand deodorant showing on camera. Like, that's not. <laughs> People really want to, maybe some people want to read about that, but that was not the point of my book. And so dialing into that right amount of what's juicy behind the scenes details that I found out about and what are things that actually move the plot forward, that was one of my hurdles in the early drafts. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Interesting. What was your path to publication uh, once you had written the novel in terms of finding an agent or a publisher? Yes. So I um, submitted the first full draft of this as my master's thesis and then revised over the course of a few months and started um, querying agents. (laughs) I when I applied to MFA programs, I applied to 10 programs and I was like, I'm going to apply, I'm going to query 10 agents because that's a round number. And that's what I did last time. And it worked out great. Um, and so uh, going to an MFA program, you often have agents coming to visit to introduce mm-hmm. themselves. Often what you hear from them is send me your full length book when you have it. They don't tend to sign people based on stories. Mm-hmm. And so I had a few connections from people who had visited the program and then I just like cold queried a bunch of agents I admired. So it was a good mix. And then from when I queried, I quickly got interest. Um, So the whole process took like maybe two weeks, which I think is pretty unheard of 
but I, it was really <laughs> only because I had met with some of these people in my sure. MFA program. So they knew my name and had told me to send them the full length book. And so I was like, here's <laughs> that full length book you asked for. Please check it out. Um, and so I ended up signing with Amy Williams, who's incredible and who is happened to be the first agent I ever met with at the program. And then when it finally came around to querying this big batch, she was the person who I thought most understood my vision for the book. Um, and then we did maybe two rounds, two or three rounds of edits, getting like more close to the line as time went on. And it sold five months after I signed with her. So I think for publishing and writing books, very, very quick. Sometimes you hear debut books take like 10 years. And I started writing this fall of 2020, and it's getting published in spring of 2023. So very fast turnaround compared to a lot of publishing. That's a great experience. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? That's a great question. Well, if you can swing the 500 words a day, (laughs) that worked for me. Obviously, as I said, had I been working in a 40-hour-a-week job, I don't think I would have been able to do that. So I'm very sympathetic. Um, but in terms of what I was struggling with as a writer, it was definitely not kind of a lack of idea issue. It was a lack of feeling confident in the fact that I could write a book from beginning to end. I think there's so much magic as a reader when you pick up a book and you, you know, get from page one to page 350 and it just seems like a real story. And it's really hard to peel back behind the scenes and see how much work went into it. And so knowing that it can be really messy, as I described in those early stages, but still come out with an actual hardcover book by the end of it that, you know, someone picking it up can have that same experience with, even though my experience as the writer is like, wow, I remember when this was really bad and I had to do a lot of work to get it better, even once it gets to that like full draft point. So keep the faith that no matter how bad the first early pages are, it can turn it into a real book that functions with a beginning, middle, and end. Are you working on a new novel now? I am. I am back on my 500-word-a-day grind, though <laughs> I will say publishing my debut novel has thrown off thrown off my 500 words a day a bit. Um, but it is maybe three quarters of the way done um, with the first draft. And it is, I'm still doing the puzzle piece (laughs) process where it's not chronological yet. And so it's like 60,000 words out of 80,000 words, but they're not in the right order. And I know that, (laughs) but, but now I have the confidence that I knew I did it once. So now I feel like I can do it again. But for that first book or that first draft of, you know, your beginning project, you're like, this is a real leap of faith. But now, now that I have one under my belt, I'm like, okay, I know if I keep trying, I'll be able to do this. So in terms of the chronology, and if you mentioned this earlier, I may have missed it. Did did you write the um, ending before you, uh, I guess, at what point in that um, uh, uh, process of writing the one did you end up writing and knowing the ending? Yeah, early on. Early on. Early on. Yeah, like in that case, really early on. I knew the ending. I had that, like, you know, beginning and end scenes, and then... (laughs) in the middle was kind of mush. Um, but it's kind of helpful to have that kind of, that sense of, you know, I know where I want this character to end up and I know where they begin. I just need to 
you know, have an interesting trajectory throughout that middle. Um, but yeah, and for, for this book, it's the same thing where I have the ending scene written, I have the beginning written, and then it's a roller coaster between those two. The, the reason I asked that is John Irving has been um, interviewed multiple times, and he said that uh, he oftentimes writes the last page or la- the last scene. Um, that's the first thing that he does before writing anything else. Wow. I'm in good yeah. company. That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> yes. So what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? It's a great question. I'm taking a peek over at my bookshelf, which is nearby. I recently read... Um, a novel called Happy Hour by Marlo Granados, which I read after I started writing my book, but I picked it up and I was like, oh, this is like a spiritual sibling to my novel in that it's um, two young women who live in New York City and are trying to kind of make ends meet. It's not set on a reality television show, but I think the questions it's asking are similar to the questions that um, my book is asking. I read recently the very, um, I read two very big books from the past year, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus and Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Devin. I really enjoyed both of those as well. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your debut novel? Sure. The novel, as of today, available in bookstores and online across the country. And then I have a website that is juliaargy.com, J-U-L-I-A-A-R-G-Y.com. And I am new to Instagram at Julia Um, So you can follow me there. Well, again, we've been speaking to Julia Argy, author of the new novel, The One. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Julia, thanks for doing this interview. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 